talk for a few moments? Sure, sweetie. I think we need some more romance in our marriage. What is so funny? Romance? Romance? I'm talking candlelight dinners and and maybe some weekend trips or something. Honey, what is so funny? Weekend trips? You like hopping in the car? Yeah. Honey, hugging and holding. Remember like we used to do before we were married? Honey, I'm warning you, our romantic fires are dying out. Well, some guys just don't get it, do they? Uh, Today on Focus on the Family, we're going to be helping husbands be more intentional about showing love to their wives and men. You might be surprised by how easy it is. Your host is Focus President and author Jim Daly, and I'm John Fuller. Uh, John, what we just heard is a stereotype, of course, and we all know that most men aren't that clueless about romance, or at least we hope. Uh, But if we're honest, I'm sure many husbands don't feel adequate or skilled in this area. That's the point. Uh, We love our wives more than we can say, but unfortunately, we don't say it enough, or we don't show it enough. So today, we want to give men a little primer on loving your wife wife well. And it's not complicated, guys. Our guest has some simple, straightforward ideas that can really benefit your marriage. And we're going to hear from Jay Payleitner, who is an author, speaker, radio producer, and blogger. And he's known for writing and producing programs for Josh McDowell and Chuck Colson and even Toby Mack. And he's written more than 25 books about marriage, parenting, and faith. And now, Jim, here's how you started the conversation with Jay Payleitner on today's Focus on the Family. Today, we're going to explore important marriage themes from your book, 52 Things Wives Need from Their Husbands. Now, first of all, Jay, okay, half of us just went, really? 52 things? (laughs) Well, the book is short chapters, guys, so don't be afraid of this. Now, is it one for every week? Is that the idea? Well, uh, that's a good number, 52, because I write short, uh, quick ideas, uh, and we're not beating up on dads here. They just kind of look at these ideas as reminders, little invitations to to make sure you enter your, your wife's world. And, uh, you know, tricks I've learned over the years, some very serious and some mostly, you know, some some lighthearted things just to say, you know what, being a husband is not so terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's hope not. Uh, But let's talk about it. You have a very positive view of marriage, but you noted in your book that husbands and wives can begin to drift apart after a few years of marriage. And in fact, you've talked to men who are angry and bitter about that kind of drift. Uh, What's going on in their marriages when they feel that drift? What's happening? Well, my original uh, personal ministry has always been to dads, uh, working with the the National Center for Fathering, and I've got five kids of my own, um, and speaking to dads and signing books for dads. uh, And I would have guys come up to me who were hurting, and it wasn't their relationship with their kids, although that was their motivation for coming to this event. They would say, "Uh, Jay... Uh, my marriage isn't what I need to be, so I need to work on that. And they would say, I don't know what happened to the girl I married. Mm-hmm. And I just want to grab him by the lapels and say, you know what? That girl you married, she's asking the same question. She's sharing your, your bed. She's uh, sharing your kitchen. She's in your home. She's saying, where did that boy go? Mm-hmm. Now, of course, women, they want a, a knight in shining armor, a big, strong guy. But they also need that boy they married sometimes. And we get too far away from that. Well, it may just be relationship, too. I mean, women are strongly motivated toward relationship. Men can become loners. Uh, we can isolate ourselves and kind of drift away. To get back to that point, though, 
what is causing that drift in a marriage? Do kids cause the drift? No, I think it's the fact that we just take things for granted. We need to be more intentional about being involved in the family, in the life of our kids, and in what our, our bride needs. Mm. <laughs> you know, it occurs to me that I could start an argument with my wife, Rita, every time I walk in the room. I could say things like... Um, Hey, did you know they opened a, a women's fitness center down the road? Oh, not a good <laughs> well, why one. I hear where you're like, going on that one. It yeah. doesn't things, sound like it's going to uh, end well. Uh, and I've said these things. Rita, when did your mom's hair start going gray? Mm. Um, you really said these uh, things? Um, well, because it was a curiosity thing. And you notice a little <laughs> flip of gray hair in her hair. Um, here's one that, that you guys who've been married a long time will get. You know those mugs you bought? They don't fit in the dishwasher. Now... Women totally understand that because it's like guys saying, sweetheart, you're dumb for buying those right. mugs. But here's the point. No one knows our wives like we do. Uh, Jim, nobody knows Jean like you do. Uh, John, no one knows Dina like you do. Um, so actually, one of the chapters in the book, I start with a list of things that my wife, Rita, likes. Uh, things like fireworks and, and parades and babies and TV commercials with babies and scones and fresh flowers and fresh snow and frozen Cokes and drinking straws and craft magazines. Now, you notice these aren't expensive things. And you, could, you, you guys could make a list for your own wives. And I pledge before everyone listening to focus on the family that I'm going to make sure that Rita has one of these things or some of these things every week hmm. for the rest of my life. There's an intentionality about that, you see? And these aren't expensive things. You know, Jim, as, uh, as Jay's sharing, I'm just thinking you were kind of uh, hinting at the fact that routine gets in the way of me expressing as a husband to my wife how much I love her. And it, it really is true that when kids come or when you're working along, um, it's pretty easy to take each other for granted. You just kind of do life together in your own separate ways. Yeah, and, it and becomes I a business. <laughs> well, and, and I, so I appreciate what Jay is saying, and that is that I do know Dina better than anybody else. Mm. I just need to take some simple steps toward meeting her where she's at to say, hey, babe, I love you. Well, and the reason for that, you could uh, finish this sentence. If I give her what she likes, she will. How would most guys answer that? Smile. <laughs> Well, if I give her what she likes, most guys would say, she'll give me what I like. And that can't be our motivation. Our motivation has to be, if I give her what she likes, it gives me joy as well. It goes back to Genesis, you know, uh, two shall become one. We leave and we cleave. If I give her what she likes, even the little things that seem kind of inconsequential, uh, it gives her joy as well. And guys, you know what? Uh, you two gentlemen sitting here and the rest of the world, if this doesn't make sense, get out a yellow pad or open up a new Word document and make that literal list of little things that your wife likes. And you go, oh, I can do this. Hmm. Jay, so often we get into our marriage relationships and we think it's a 50-50 proposition. And that's not really true, is it? We need to be 100% on each side. Well, exactly that. As you leave and cleave and become one, uh, you're going to realize that there are seasons of life where a husband needs to totally sacrifice himself for the sake of his wife if she's going through a tough time, and vice versa. Wives need to sacrifice themselves 100%. Um, and it, it evens out over the course of a lifetime, of course. But, uh, guys, you know, sometimes you just have to say, what does my wife need in the moment? Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and total uh, self-sacrifice. You know, so often, I don't know if it's just selfishness, but guys can be really uh, self-absorbed. And we think, oh, <laughs> we've given it all at the office. We've given it all at work. We're tired. We get home. We don't necessarily understand that it is a wonderful thing 
to give of yourself in that moment. You've done something that I found very interesting. You called it Jay's Winter Chicken Soup. (laughs) And uh, I think that's fun. We've got to try it at some point. But what would you do to help Rita uh, just at the house? Well, I mean, mean, holy cow, I think about how many meals that my wife has made for our family. And you could, again, you could do some more math on that. I'm not talking about KFC or when I'm out barbecuing. Which so that actually, doesn't count to go out and buy pizza? <laughs> well, um, that really but, but think, about, think about the, uh, the times that my wife has, has called off the family to dinner with something that she's either spent 15 minutes on or a couple hours on. And uh, that is just stunning uh, that uh, guys don't show our full appreciation for that. And so silly me. In the middle of my book, I put a recipe for chicken soup, um, which is you go to the store and you buy one of those chickens that are already cooked. Rotisserie chickens, yeah. Uh, rotisserie chickens, mm-hmm. exactly right. We, we have and, those. And you, well, right. And you, do and, we? And, yeah. and, well, in my home, we do. And you, and, you, and you cut it up into little bites and you throw some, uh, some noodles in there and some carrots and some potatoes and you'd spice it up a little bit. Now, here's the problem, though. So many times guys will do that, try to step up to help out around the house, and it's like... Rita, where's this pot? Rita, do we have any bullion cubes? Rita, do we have uh, something else over here? Oh, now you're and, hitting below the belt. Well, well, now, now you're, you're defeating the whole point of this. <laughs> and by the way, guys, if you do help around the house, when you're done with the vacuum, put the vacuum away. When That's you're done idea. working in the kitchen, clean the kitchen up. Hmm. Um, us guys, we think we're heroes. Well, guys, don't ever use the word, I'm babysitting my kids. Because you can't babysit your own kids. You're fathering them. You're, well, well, right. Mm. G- guys somehow think that they're sacrificing when they're watching the kids. They're sacrificing when they're helping around their house. No, guys. I mean, again, 100%, 100%. Now, the only thing, there's probably a lot of guys out there going, oh, man, here it is. We're putting all the responsibility on the guys and how they've got to do their job better, better. A lot of guilt. Mm. Um, but that's not what you're saying. Well, no guilt at all. This is just a matter of being part of a... A one-on-one relationship, husband and wife, we're in this together kind of thing. Um, there's no guilt at all. Here. Why? But again, back to the question originally, why do we as men get into that routine where we come home tired, we've already played the tape recorder in our brain, we just want to get into our comfy clothes, maybe read the newspaper, watch the news real quick, uh, don't bother me for and, a while. And then we wonder why <laughs> we plop on the couch. You know, women these days, they work hard all day too. Whatever well, their role, most of them whatever will be working is. outside the home. Exactly possibly. right. So husband and wife come home. They're both dragging, and the guy plops on the couch, and the the wife uh, has to run the house and probably make dinner. Again, these are traditional roles, but they still kind of unfold that way. So guys, um, when a man comes home from work, instead of plopping right in the couch, you turn to your bride and say, "Hey, what's going on tonight? How can I partner with you in this? Can I help with this?" and She'll say, no, I got it. Then you could plop on the couch. <laughs> Maybe she'll say that. Well, right. Or she'll give you something to do. And that's so now the, you're violating your own rule. Well, no, but then, <laughs> no, no. then she'll give you something to do, and that's all the better then. Yeah. I mean, be prepared to do it is the oh, point. Absolutely. Don't do it with For the sure. motivation to want to plop on the couch. Um, uh, you know what? You know uh, what? Sometimes we, won't, sometimes we really want to <laughs> plop on the couch. Okay, you're being honest. Is it okay just to say, hey, hon, I had a really rotten day today. Do you mind? Um, absolutely. I hope, hopefully she can say the same thing, too. I, I'm assuming that at least my wife wants honesty. Uh, right. Whether I want to be honest or not, right. she really seeks that. So you're saying it's okay just to level with her well, at times. Well, of, of course. Um, not 12 days in a row, or, or maybe 12 days in a row. Uh, but uh, uh, the idea is... Coming home and saying, 
Hmm. How can we partner together? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jay, one of the most controversial things we talk about on Focus on the Family is the roles in marriage in this issue of submission. Submission, for probably good reasons, has become really an ugly word, and it shouldn't be. Uh, you do something in your book, 52 Things Wives Need from Their Husbands, that was provocative, really. Uh, your thought that both husband and wife need to submit to one another. Uh, talk about that philosophy. <laughs> well, that's not my idea. That's really biblical, that we need to submit <laughs> to one another. Um, you're talking about uh, Ephesians 5.22. And any guy, guys, I'm talking to you now. Any guy who quotes Ephesians 5.22 out of context, wives submit to your husbands and says, listen, woman, you got to do this, and treat you like, isn't a Neanderthal. You know those right. kind of guys. Or I hope you don't. But you know the, the concept we're talking about. Um, Wives, submit to your husbands. Yeah, it's right here. But like so many portions of Scripture that are misunderstood, take the whole thing in context. Back up one verse. Ephesians 5.21 says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Mm. And that whole, uh, that whole uh, Ephesians chapter 5 is really a formula for building a family, which is the building block of a society. Um, it's not taking away rights, uh, Ephesians chapter 5, it's filling each other's needs. You know, husbands, we need to take a leadership role. That's how God made us. Uh, Women need to be cherished and loved. That's how God made them. And kids need uh, direction. They need to obey your parents. Uh, And I challenge you to go home, uh, open up your Bible even today, and read all of uh, Ephesians chapter 5 and and even into chapter 6, and you'll see that it's really a formula for marriage. Husbands loving your wives as Christ loved the church, uh, and wives submitting to your husband. It's, it's really, it's a good formula. It's, it's something that, boy, if marriages do that, then suddenly uh, everyone's working together. Uh, Jay, you talk about another aspect in your book that I, I want to cover before we end, and that is uh, this area of spiritual leadership. Um, I'm trying to take every opportunity I can to provide that kind of spiritual leadership, uh, talking about Scripture, inculcating those lessons through the day. Um, but I think at times Gene feels I'm not doing enough. It's it's kind of normal. Here I am, the president, focus on the family, and I'm hmm. doing the best I can. But even my wife says, "Well, you might be falling a little short in that area." To which I go, "Where's the capacity, Mom?" <laughs> um, well, uh, yeah, the the book has all kinds of uh, ideas in here, and some longer chapters, some shorter chapters. One of the shortest chapters is wives need their husbands to be the pastor of your home. Mm. And I stumble across this little formula, and it's do, model, teach. Guys, repeat after me out there. Do, do m- model, model teach. teach. And it's this. Um, be the best Christian you can be. Let your family see you be the best Christian you can be. And teach them, help them do the same thing. So pray for your own relationship with God. Let your kids see you pray, model, do model, and then encourage them, teach them how to pray. Uh, Seek forgiveness when you mess up. Do, model, teach. Uh, Let your kids see you, ask forgiveness, and then teach them. Uh, Read the Bible. Sing praise songs. Volunteer. Uh, Don't curse. Uh, uh, Meet with a small group. Do those things. Let your family see you do those things. And then when the time is right, Mm. encourage them to do those things. So Mm. um, it's really how you live your life, do, and then model and teach. 
Yeah, uh, Jim, there's an echo there of uh, the passage in Deuteronomy where Mm -hmm. we're encouraged to, you know, in all of life, not just in a special time where we have a devotional as a family, which is hard (laughs) when you're traveling or you have teenage kids and there's just a lot of scheduling issues. Um, I take comfort in knowing what Jay just said really, I think, is the fullness of that verse and that is don't segregate or, or compartmentalize Just your spiritual as you, life. as you're living. Let it be a natural part of your relationship with your wife and with your kids. Uh, that's doable. Mm-hmm. I mean, that you said it yourself. I'm doing the best I can. I'm thinking that guys should take some comfort in knowing that it's a struggle for all of us. And, uh, and Jay, what you just said is pretty attainable. Well, and I think it's important for wives to understand uh, how to react in that. Because a lot of wives feel when their husbands are not fulfilling that obligation. They might leave a little note. They might make a suggestion at bedtime, you know, honey, uh, I don't think you hit the mark today. I don't know how that conversation occurs. I just know that... Well, um, the conversation occurs because guys need to be able to say, sweetheart, honey, how could I be your better dad? How could I be your better... Invite the... Invite the input. How many guys, though, don't want to ask because they're afraid of the answer that's going (laughs) to come their way? Oh, what's worse is, though, is that if the answer's... Your wife has something she wants to tell you, and if you don't get that out on the table sometime, that's just going to burn a hole in her heart and burn a hole in your marriage. I like, Jay, you've referred to this theme throughout the program today, and that is this idea of invitation, to Mm. ask your wife, what can I do to help you? What could I do better in your eyes? That takes a great deal of humility, and I think you're onto something there, because I think few of us men are willing to kind of open ourselves to that vulnerability and to really want to hear that answer. Well, let's go back to that whole idea of leadership. If we want to lead our home, one of the great ways to lead is to ask your, uh, the people who, who you are leading, whether that's in business or in the family, how can I help you? Mm. What can I do for you to make your job easier? Well, we need a little more coaching in that regard because uh, we can say, okay, tonight I'm going to go home and I'm going to say to my wife, what can I do for you tonight? And she says something and then we <laughs> react to it. How do we coach us in how to react to the thing when it, it's not going to go your way? She's going to say, oh, that'd be great. Could you do this? And all of a sudden, well, I, I, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean I was w- willing to do that. Well, literally, you have to be willing to do that. Hmm. That's kind of the whole point of this whole thing is that um, you're not fighting. It's not a battle. It's not a, a you against her kind of thing. It's a, it's a partnership. Well, and the irony there, in, we do see this in glimpses as men and as husbands, when you do these things well, I would say, to your point, when you do Ephesians 5 well, the irony is your wife blossoms, <laughs> your wife's love for you, and her natural bent to respect you and to love you uh, comes into full bloom. It's so often, and Scripture's clear, that uh, as a person looks at our wife, they should be able to see uh, the health of our marriage, mm. either because wow. of the countenance of her face or whatever. I think that's a great challenge for yeah. guys, and guys like challenges. So when you do walk into that restaurant, do people see a smiling bride, someone who looks happy? Mm, and is happy to be with your oh, yeah. husband. Oh, yeah. Hey, uh, Jay, I think the bottom line message that I got from your book is have the long view. Uh, you know, marriage, you're going to go through seasons in your marriage where it's dry. Um, I remember one time, <laughs> Gene and I, uh, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Gene and I, you know, I was getting ready. We had probably had a little uh, serious discussion over something. I can't remember what it was. Um, and, you know, we were fuming a little bit. This is probably many years ago. And uh, I remember I looked at her, and I, I tend to want to make up quickly. And, oh, I love you, hon. And 
she looked at me and she said, well, I love you, but I don't like you right now. Mm. <laughs> I mean, she was, that's Ouch. the line of lines, and it floored me. I said, well, I want to be liked. What do I got to do here? <laughs> but, I mean, that's a typical discussion after mm-hmm. an argument in a marriage, isn't it? Well, I think that um, you shouldn't be afraid of falling out of love. If you're married 40, 50, 60 years, there's going to be some seasons where you look at your your bride and say, man, where's that spark? Where's that that fun little moment that we have? Where's that boy kind of thing? Where's that girl? Um, but, and I come back, you, you can't do a, a book on on marriage without uh, jumping into uh, the love chapter, First Corinthians 13. You know, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy. But read it in the context of a promise. Guys, you shouldn't be afraid of falling out of love. You should expect it. And then read 1 Corinthians chapter 13 as a promise. Love is patient. Love is kind. Uh, and then towards the end, it, it protects. It always trusts. It hopes. Love perseveres. Love never fails. So if you really uh, can go back to your wedding day, those first few years of when you were married, and it's like, oh, the love there, the love, the passion, the commitment, the romantic love. You remember those times? Love perseveres. And I think uh, if you made that promise, just trust that you'll come out of the other end and say, oh, at one point you'll, you'll say, there she is. There's my love. Mm. Well, gee, I don't want people to hear when you're in that season to give up, though. Because emotionally you can give up and be very comfortable in that corner of your life and not do the things that we've talked about here mm-hmm. that rekindle the relationship. So yeah, let's not say we want to be lazy. Yeah, it's almost just the opposite. Um, Look for opportunities to be intentional when you get in those doldrums of marriage that you expect. So, and here's the point if you expect to go through some tough times, right. then you're not going to panic during that. You're not mm-hmm. going to flee. That's not the first instinct is like, I got to get out of this thing. Well, no. Trust love, it'll come back. You know, Jim, we've had those kinds of moments in our relationship where I'm Mr. Let's Get Over It, and she's looking at me like, are you kidding? Dina's a little more, <laughs> oh, it's we got to take... talk this through. Yeah, I think, I think Dina and Gina are a little <laughs> bit alike here, um, and it's an uncomfortable place to be as a guy because I want to fix it, and I can't. Right. You know, I just have to kind of back off, give her some space, and say, all right, she doesn't particularly like me right now. <laughs> I know she loves me, um, but it does take some time, doesn't it? It does. And that's the key. And I think that's what Jay's alluding to here. Continue to invest in your marriage. And guys particularly, I think guys hold more power in this regard than we give ourselves credit for. And I think the Lord set that up very intentionally. Mm-hmm. I think when we're doing the right thing, when we're tilling the garden in the right way and we're watering those seeds that we plant, it's amazing how your wife will respond. She is built for that response. Mm-hmm. And I think when we look at marriages today, uh, I think a great deal of the harm that's being done, and I'll just say it, it's the guys. I mean, we are not doing the things we need to do uh, with all the distractions of technology and job requirements. And I mean, we're letting all of those things rob us of what is our crown, and that's our wife. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, John, you said you got to back away sometimes and give her a little space. But at that time, you need to be reloading and saying, what can I do? Not spending lots of money, but you know what? Let's go for a walk, sweetheart. Let's hold hands. Let's, let's, uh, let's envision the future together. Let's remember the past. Let's envision the future. Um, uh, do what friends do. Do what lovers do. Do what you did uh, when, before you got married. Do what you did when the kids were little. 
um, uh, again, be intentional about just the little things. And again, we're not talking big money. We're just talking about a little investment of what she likes and what she wants to do. Well, Jay Payleitner, you have done a wonderful job. 52 things wives need from their husbands. Thank you for being with us here, Focus. Well, Jim, thank you very much. John, thank you very much. What a privilege. And we hope you enjoyed this conversation with Jay Payleitner as much as we did. And we'll encourage you to start putting some of his great ideas into practice right away. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for joining us for Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller. We often think we need big romantic gestures like candlelit dinners or weekend getaways. And that's probably a good thing occasionally. But what can you do or say to your spouse today and ongoingly to let them know how much you love and appreciate them? Matt Jacobson has authored a book called A Hundred Ways to Love Your Wife. And it's so in line with today's program because it's based on the recognition that the best marriages are made up of many everyday decisions that say I love you rather than those that say I love me. This book offers husbands practical hands-on advice to start applying immediately. Find 100 Ways to Love Your Wife at safamily.co.za or give us a call on 031-716-3300. And while you're online, also look out for an opportunity to partner with Focus because every day our counseling team hears from people ready to give up, hurting marriages, broken families, people in despair. But when we give them the gift of family, they have hope for the future. Help us save and strengthen more marriages today when you join Focus on the Family's Gift of Family campaign. You can make your donation online at safamily.co.za. You can also send us your contribution via EFT. All the details are on our website. For Focus on the Family Africa, I'm Graham Schnell, inviting you to join us next time when we'll once again help you and your family thrive in Christ.